For more resources, visit rymonline.org. The Local Youth Worker is a daily podcast that's centered on five questions each week. Ranging from the practical to the professional, we're looking for answers to the questions you're asking. Whether you're in full-time, part-time, or even volunteer youth ministry, this podcast is for you. All right, everybody, welcome back to our Friday show. This is our last day with Jonathan McGuire. Who is the assistant pastor at uh, First Prez in Belzona, Mississippi? Um, and I've already had to preface this with Jonathan that he's going to limit the amount of books um, to this <laughs> question that I'm going to ask. Um, he's a reader, for those of you who don't know. Um, but we definitely want to encourage, and part of the reason we asked this question, and then some, something that you referenced, I think, a few days ago, um, is the importance of being a lifelong student, uh, the importance of continuing to read. Now we don't have it all figured out. Um, and so in light of that, what, what are some books that have influenced you and really some of the most influential books um, in your life as well as some books that, are, that you're reading currently that are having an impact on you? Yeah, absolutely. You know, it's fun to be Presbyterian because churches give us a book budget and we can, <laughs> we can buy books with them and some of us have more than others. Uh, I, I would say the, the most influential short span of change and sanctification I've ever endured was the last two years. And I don't entirely know why that is. I think some of it is I'm, I'm in a church that is functioning with love and are pursuing the Holy Spirit's fruit in a way that I've not quite been in in the past. And that is not to put down any other church. It is simply to say that some churches are firing on some cylinders compared to others. Uh, and in the last two years, I've read three books in particular that have had a profound influence on me. Believe it or not, two are by a Roman Catholic, and I'll get to that in a second, and one is by a PCA minister. The, the, I'll, I'll mention the one by the Roman Catholic first. He's a man named Anthony Esselin, who is writing a great deal on what is happening to our children as families are giving up the things that they used to take for granted. So, for instance, time at the supper table together with no phones. What happens to family when daddy comes home and he's on his computer screen? Uh, he wrote a book called Life Under Compulsion. Life Under Compulsion, which lays out very clearly what is happening to our minds and our senses of virtue, wisdom, beauty, love, flesh, when we are compelled by what I call digitalia, right? We, we, have, we have parts of our body that we have surrendered to the enslavement of a phone. Uh, and what's the old joke? It's called a cell phone for a reason. You know, your, your mind and your virtue becomes enslaved to a screen, and we cannot do that. And I think he, in that book, Life Under Compulsion, or maybe it was in the other one I'm about to mention, uh, referenced something that G.K. Chesterton said 100 years ago. A child who can see images in a flame has no need to see them on a screen. What are we doing to our children's imaginations? What, what kind of behavior are we modeling? Because to the extent that our imaginations shrink, we cannot know God. Because scripture says he's greater than our imaginations. That, that shouldn't send us away from knowing about God. It should draw us further in. 
because whatever we learn, he's still greater. I think it was St. Anselm who said, God is a being greater than which no other can be thought. But our thoughts are often so low. And, and that should convict us deeply that we are so satisfied with things that do not satisfy. Mm. Life under compulsion. And the other one he wrote is called Ten Ways to Destroy the Imaginations of Your Child. Oh, man, what a great time. Yeah, exactly. And the whole book is written as a satire, so he writes and says, now remember, we want to destroy our child's imagination. We want him to think that sports and trophies are the greatest thing he could ever earn, rather than having a wife whom he loves and cherishes. You know, things like that. So the book just cut to the heart, because one of the greatest babysitters I've ever heard is the free television. You know, and, and I forget that, um, again, I think it was Chesterton who said, the greatest adventure a man could ever have is his family. But what are men are what are men constantly doing? What have people like uh, John Eldridge mentioned? You know that men are made for adventures, and we have to have men's activities that send us out into the woods. Well, you know what? My living room is the only place I could put underwear on my head and run around and pretend like I'm slaying dragons with my kids, <laughs> and not get arrested. <laughs> you try to do that out on the sidewalks, and they'll lock you up. Maybe we can get an image of that and put that on the <laughs> Someone Photoshop that in. <laughs> You know, um, my children can, can sit in a large box that the microwave got delivered in and, and think it's a spaceship going to Mars. Yeah. Is my imagination so low that I tell them to get out, I have to take the, the box to the garbage? Or can I sit there with them and see what they can? We don't want to destroy our imaginations because those draw us, in, draw us closer into Christ. Why is it that a gorilla doesn't dream? Why is it that human beings can think so abstractly and, and ask questions about angels and heaven and hell? Why, lizards don't do that. We're made in the image of God. Mm. So that gets me to my final book. And I know you've t said one, but these are so closely no, related. No, no, as many as you want. <laughs> this, this book I'll is, cut you off. <laughs> excellent. This book that I'm about to mention had a profound influence on me because though I had always heard about the Puritans, I had never really read the Puritans. And about two years ago, uh, the PCA pastor in Vancouver, Canada, Mark Jones, who is considered a, a living expert on the Puritans, wrote a book called Knowing Christ. And it's got about 28, 29 chapters. I'm not entirely sure. But each chapter is, is very simply worded to be Christ's something. So Christ's glory, Christ's humiliation, Christ's exaltation, Christ's ascension, Christ's offices as prophet, priest, and king, Christ's wrath, Christ's faith. And these 28, 29 chapters, each of them individually quotes from Puritans who were master physicians of the human soul in a way that enlarged my imagination to Jesus. I needed that. I needed that as I was moving to this new community, as I was leaving behind a community in which I had been born and grown up in and, and which I did not want to leave. I needed, I needed to see a, a picture of Christ that was more glorious than I can imagine and that would draw me further upward into the being of God himself. And knowing Christ did that. I think I have read it five or six times. I, I reference it as a commentary. I read it devotionally because Christ is so much more lovely and I need to see and read books that show me that. I only close with this. Yes, I'm Presbyterian. Yes, we have reputations of reading. But stupidity is not a virtue. And ignorance is never a virtue. You know, it's, it's the same thing worded differently. 
to the extent I'm willing to remain stupid and focused on the things of this earth is, is the extent that I am not drawing closer to the richness of Christ. He embodies all wisdom, so why would I not want to read more about him? In Christ, a rich man finds his greatest wealth. A poor man becomes rich. A mentally handicapped man finds all the riches and wisdom of Christ. He is everything we could possibly want, and he shows us the Father and the Spirit. So I love those three books, Life Under Compulsion and Ten Ways to Destroy the Imagination of Your Child, both by Anthony Eslin, and I love Knowing Christ by Mark Jones because it's essentially two sides of the same coin. Recognize how I'm made to not be enslaved to the things of this earth, but instead to have all of my body, my mind, heart, and will become weapons of righteousness to know Christ and then study him in a book like Knowing Christ in these simple chapters that quote from rich doctors of the soul. It's been very healthy for me, and I continue to come back to those books. That's excellent, Jonathan, and some sobering uh, challenges there um, as well. And as you're talking, I couldn't help but think of, I don't know if you read Andy Crouch's new book, The TechWise Family. I think I have it on my wish list, okay. but <laughs> I, mean, just I haven't read it. Him talking about the importance of imagination. And, you know, I don't want anybody to hear this podcast and think we're anti-technology Luddites or anyone that says a podcast. We're recording this on Yeah, I'm going to tweet this after I'm done, right? <laughs> yeah. Um, so there, there's obviously you know, great advantages to technology. It's a grace from God, but there's also many things to be cautious of, and a lot of which you, you raised today. So, um, Jonathan, I really appreciated this time and this week getting to talk to you. Um, thanks so much for, for answering these questions. Absolutely. Thank you for having me. Thanks so much for tuning in this week to The Local Youth Worker. As always, we hope you've been encouraged and equipped in your call as youth workers. If you take time to rate this podcast on iTunes, it would greatly help us. As always, we want to thank Joe Deegan for providing the music and encourage you to go out and purchase his newest CD, Cover and Title Page, which you can find at iTunes. See you guys next week. Have a great weekend. Oh, come and buy without money. Oh,